And let's turn to the final bit of today's a one two three show, and that is a bit of trash talk. And this week, Marcy Trent Long speaks with Fiona Sykes from the design and construction firm Arup about how waste is reduced, reused, and recycled in the various stages of building projects. Hey, Trash Talk listeners. A lot of times on this show, we focus on what we can do as consumers to minimize waste. But there's a lot of trash talk that goes on behind the scenes of our everyday life. And one of those is planning new construction here in Hong Kong. We've come a long way from around 2006 when all construction waste went to landfills for free. But what else is happening in the new building scene? Here with us today is a book club buddy of mine, Fiona Sykes, from the engineering company Arup, to talk about construction waste. So, hey, welcome to the show, Fiona. Thanks. Hi, thanks for having me. I know you guys are really, really busy, but maybe you could give us a little explanation about what is Arup? Uh, sure. So um, Arab's a now global company. It was founded in the 50s by uh, founder of Arab. Uh, so it's now global with operations in 140 um, countries worldwide. Uh, we've been in um, Hong Kong since the 1970s. Been involved in a lot of the, the kind of the big iconic projects here, like the IFC, ICC, Stonecutters Bridge. It's an employee-owned um, company, which means we can really focus on the, the mission and the, um, the values of the company. So sustainable development is one of those, and that's been uh, a key, key part of our founding um, philosophy. Uh, so some of the other projects um, that have been key is uh, the zero carbon building in Kowloon Bay. Um, which we were heavily involved in. Um, the first project that I worked on here since I moved to Hong Kong 12 years ago was the South Island Line. So that was really exciting to see that opening. Really first... appreciate that one. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's so exciting to see it opening on the first day. Um, and some that trash talkers might be interested in, uh, we're working a lot with circular economy. So we recently uh, worked with the Ellen MacArthur Foundation and uh, developed a strategy for how and where circular economy could be incorporated into five key industries in mainland China. So that's Super a very, cool. uh, yeah, very cool thing. So we yeah. work a lot on the social value. We've made a global commitment to support the UN Sustainable Development Goals or the SDGs. And we're really trying to use digital transformation to um, to make that uh, to make that possible. Wow. Well, Arab is full of a lot of really smart people. So I think you guys have a good shot at meeting some of your objectives. But back to our little Hong Kong world of construction waste, maybe we can start at the beginning when you're building a new building and during the excavation process, meaning sure. the digging up process. Sure, yeah, that's the digging up. So we all know Hong Kong's quite mountainous and there's a lot of... Um, work to be done to prepare a site for a building and we have lots of things such as tunnels so for example all the MTR tunnels involve uh, a, a lot of excavation through the rock and through the mountains so with all of the the projects that we work on and our strategy is always to follow the waste hierarchy so designing out waste reduce reuse recycle and then dispose of properly so I'll talk through some of the different ways that we um great that that happens yeah uh, so, for example, with the excavation, if we take an example like a tunnel, we'll have um, things like soil towards the edge. And then as we get into the mountain, there'll be much more higher quality rocks such as um, such as granite. And that's what used to be mined in the quarries, such oh, as Quarry Bay. Such as Quarry Bay, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, so that's a, a great sort of reuse case where the, the... So you actually, with your excavation waste, you actually sort it out and... 
Uh, some goes somewhere and some goes somewhere. yes exactly so the high quality granite can be uh, can be crushed and used within uh, concrete so and um, that's one of the higher higher use cases and that avoids the need for quarries elsewhere so that is something that can be reused so if you look at the statistics which the government publish annually then an awful lot of the um the excavation material gets reused um, or alternatively the slightly lower quality material can be used for fill Either um, when that's soil needed in other projects, like so like the soil or the different types of different types of rock that may be not so suitable for concrete construction. Uh -huh. So the excavation um, part is is quite well controlled, and that there's a, a scheme under the Civil Engineering and Development Department (CEDD) who sort of controls which projects are excavating, which ones need fill to try and balance up the needs. Um, that's great. Those. Yeah. So it sounds like we're pretty good at that. Here in Hong Kong, managing yeah, our it's, excavation it's, waste. It's well understood and um, organised. Yeah, yeah. Hey, there, okay, that's a, that's a win, Trash Talk listeners. <laughs> so we're going to take that one, <laughs> given that we complain a lot on the show. <laughs> but then what about other different waste streams from a, a building in Hong Kong which is under construction? Like, what are some of those? Sure. So then there's the, the, the construction and the demolition phase. So sometimes there's a, a demolition of an old building to make room for a new one. I think we've all seen the three stories get demolished and a hundred stories get put up in their place. Um, so there's all sorts of, of things involved there. So things like um, the scaffolding, which would get reused as much as possible. And then at some point it becomes waste. Things like the formwork, there's excess cutoffs for um, things like the reinforcing bars. There could be excess concrete or cement. Um, and those those sort of things. So on the construction sites themselves, those are managed to be um, separated where they can be and things that uh, can be reused will be reused normally by the same company. They'll just be taken off to another site. For example, scaffolding doesn't get thrown away at the end. It gets reused yeah, next time as far really as possible. That's really great in Hong Kong, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, with the metal ones or with the bamboo ones. Yeah. But, um, uh, that's great. And uh, things like uh, any metals from rebar can be recycled. And then anything remaining, um, if it's if it's inert and can be used for fill, like I just mentioned, then that will go to the fill facilities um, ready for another project. And anything else beyond that gets container uh, uh, gets put into skips and taken off to the landfill for safe disposal. And then and all of this, of course, is included in the construction budget. So hopefully the client is motivated to reuse, reduce, recycle as much as possible because it hits the bottom line? Uh, to an extent, yes. But then there's uh, there's always the trade-off between the space and the time and the moving things around. So in the in the very large sites, it can be, um, be all, all organised um, pretty well. Some of the sites we see are literally there's two buildings next next to yeah. each other and then there's an excavation straight down the middle. So the key component there will be to get everything out, out of the site as soon as possible. So there's different drivers for different projects. Um, but yes, on the whole, there is a, there's an increase to the construction waste charging scheme a couple of years ago. So there's um, now more of an incentive to reduce the quantity oh, going goodness. to landfill. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then as, as part of our projects, when we're designing the projects, we'll try to, uh, we'll work towards designing out waste as far as, uh, as possible. And one of the ways that we, we're quite involved in now is through the use of the building information management 
which is effectively making a digital design, a 3D design of the of the building so that you can build it up in parts, look at what the materials are, and effectively you build it on a computer before you build it in real life. Right. So that helps to avoid some of the excess waste and so on. And we're advancing that more now to be using uh, the term is the digital twin, so to look at what each of the types of material are to record the um, the properties and the, the materials and the sources from it. So that can then be taken over into the operation stage and the asset manager ultimately who's looking after that in the long term can then know what the t- different parts of equipment are, what their um, uh, operation cycle is, when they should need replacing or, or renovating and so on so that it gives a much better record keeping. And then we're moving that even further on to... Um, uh, to be able to look at things like the energy usage and to um, use things like AI to monitor the energy usage and other types of operational issues to to be able to optimise those to, to improve the sustainability of the long-term operation. So, wow, it's really cool. <laughs> yeah, right? so that's quite a cool way. Yeah, because we of- don't even think about things like, you know, the maintenance of the building that maybe you do have to replace the glass or replace certain parts of the building throughout time. And so understanding what those are and the timing of that exactly uh, can save mm. materials so there's different timing for different materials so the the structure itself should last for 50 plus years the finishes on the outside may be 15 20 the finishes on the inside tend to look a bit faded after five, ten years, some of the electrical equipment some will last for much longer than others carpets and things could it depends oh, on what great. the tenants are, tenants are as well. Due to them, right, exactly. <laughs> How um, wild those tenants are. <laughs> but, uh, but you know, if you've got the information there that you know what's what's there and what can yeah. be replaced, it um, makes things... Uh, it makes things a lot easier to yeah, to run, boy. and that's something that's been used in things like the oil and gas industry for a long, long time, and has been is has been brought into the um, construction industry. So it's huh. part of a longer term management. Fascinating. Well, what about waste management systems in the new building? So there's there's replacing, and there's the overall long term maintenance of it. How about uh, are there requirements by the government that you have shoots, you know, for separation or anything like that? Sure. So I think so. This is becomes then when the buildings are being occupied and there's and there's people living in them and and what we will be involved in is how we design the spaces for those to those to operate well. And so the key part is generally about making sure that there's a way for um, people to be able to separate and uh, to accommodate recycling in future. So, for example, space for a paper bin and a plastic bin and and so on. So in terms of the government requirements for residential buildings, there's a a requirement for a resource recovery room, which should be a minimum of 1.5 by 1.5 metres. And the purpose of that is... um, Okay, that's not very big, just saying. No, (laughs) it's not tiny. Okay, Um, and it's on each floor. Oh, it's on each floor. On each floor, yes. Okay. So the um, so I think one problem that had been identified in the past is that often the garbage bin was on each floor, and the recycling bins were down on the communal level or by the exit, which meant it took five seconds to dispose of your garbage and five minutes to take your recyclables down. Right. So there was not a good incentive. Right. So there was a like uh, quite a few years ago, there was a positive change to say put recycling bins on each floor. Um, And there's always a relationship there between um, the bins that are provided and the collection 
system. So by having the bins on every floor, that means that somebody has to go to every floor and pick up the different recyclables or pick up the other things. Um, but that was a, a, a positive step towards um, Waste towards making um, the opportunity for separation yeah. uh, separation um, easier. Um, there's still, of course, a lot of uh, buildings that only have the recycling bins, maybe three bins for a hundred houses or something. But uh, I, th I think that that is something that um, does seem to be improving. So, Well, it sounds like there's a lot going on with construction waste that's in a positive direction. So that's mm. exciting. Mm. Thank you so much, Fiona, for coming in. That was really, really helpful to understand and appreciate, actually, that it's it's not so bad, the reuse, reduce, recycle in the construction waste industry. Things could probably be improved on. But thank you so much for coming in, Fiona, and for Arab's work in this area. Keep up the sustainability flag, please. <laughs> yeah, we will. <laughs> okay, thank you. All right, have a good day. You can find all the Trash Talk episodes on iTunes and the RTHK On The Go app. Thanks to our partners, Plastic Free Seas. If you like what you hear, I also host the Sustainable Asia podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube for a more in-depth look at sustainability issues here in Asia. Many thanks once again to Marcy Trent Long for this week's Trash Talk, and she was speaking with Fiona Sykes from Arup about how waste is reduced, reused, and recycled in the various stages of building projects.